Well, number 11 Merrimack takes on number 6 New Hampshire here at the Whittemore Center, and joining us is the play-by-play voice of the UNH Wildcats, Dan Parkhurst. And first of all, Dan, a uh, pretty good series last weekend, UNH and Maine, uh, may well go down in UNH Lord, especially the final 30 seconds of that game on Saturday night. I have been doing this for quite a while uh, at various places, including Merrimack, and I can't ever remember a 45-second sequence like that Saturday night game where it went from UNH fans thinking it was over to the game not being over to suddenly UNH fans celebrating because it was, in fact, over but on their side. So it was a crazy event, crazy series of events. And no real shock that Paul Thompson's the guy who got that game-winning goal, uh, a New Hampshire kid out of Derry, who's having as good a year as anybody in the country. You know, you talk about Paul Thompson, of course. Every time we mention him, i got to mention that he played for Casey Kesselring at Pinkerton Academy, Merrimack alum. But, uh, I mean, I think that we could see throughout his career that he, he was a kid who had something that, you know, he was getting better and better every year. I don't think that anybody saw this coming from him. But, uh, you know, seeing him night in and night out, what makes him special? Well, I think the most important thing for Paul is over the course of his career, he's he's always shown a knack for shooting the puck. I mean, he's a kid. He's just got a, a great release, a good hard shot, good hard snapshot. Uh, but what he's done over the, over the four years is, is his vision of the ice has just gotten so much better, uh, and he's become a, such a more well-rounded player. Yeah, he's got 23 goals on the year, um, but he's almost to 20 assists on the year as well, and, and, and that's, you know... Uh, from no mistake, that's just—he's just gotten that much better with the speed of the game and being able to make the right play at the right time. Uh, whether that's shooting the puck from behind the net like he did the other night, or, or making the right pass at the right time, uh, and that's just made him a better player. You know, uh, UNH always seems to have—you know—that top line is always one of the top lines, not only in the league but in the country. He's playing with a couple of pretty good players uh, this year in uh, Phil DeSimone and Mike Sislow. Yeah, and you—you you, know—you look back to last year and uh, you know Sislow and. You know, those guys getting paired up with Bobby Butler, and uh, it's uh, they've all really progressed. And DeSimone's another guy who's really progressed. you got to remember about Thompson and DeSimone. Thompson was the player of the year in the EJHL when he came in here, and DeSimone was the player of the year in the USHL when he came here. Uh, neither one of them started out like a ball of fire, um, but what they've done is, is they've, you know, they've both progressed. Cislo in his sophomore year played with Van Riemsdyk, and Cislo had a, you know, a 19-goal year that year, and... Uh, but they, uh, it, it's funny how you, some years it happens, Mike, and I'm sure it, you know, it's happened with Merrimack to some extent, too. Some years you put something together right at the beginning of the year, and it works right from the beginning, and, and, it, and you don't ever have to make a change. In other years, you're, you're switching lines around all year long trying to find what works, and those guys work together right from the start. We have to talk about goaltending, too. I mean, these teams are similar in so many ways, and, and obviously for Merrimack, Joe Kanata's had a good year. I think one of the question marks coming in for UNH was goaltending, and, and Matt DiGirolamo has put those, those questions to rest almost right from the start. He really has, and uh, a bit of a shock, no doubt about it. He's a kid who came in and only played a couple games as a freshman, didn't play very well, uh, only played one start as a sophomore, uh, Played down at Providence, played a pretty good game. Uh, had, had 37, 38 saves down at Providence. I mean, you and I both know everything at Providence somehow ends up at the front of the net, but uh, but still played a good game down there. But it was only a start. So coming into this year, it really was uh, a, a question mark. And his first game at Miami, you know, UNH lost that game, but he played okay. And then the next night, uh, UNH took a lead. Miami was throwing everything at him, trying to come back in that second game of the year. Uh, and he really held his ground and played well, and, and it really has just been nothing but good hockey out of him since uh, like all goalies and I'm sure Kanata said games like this you know there have been some games where 
you know, everybody's off on a, on a given night. But on, on those nights, for the most part, his teammates have been able to pick him up, and I'm sure the same is the case for Merrimack. On the, on the, I'm sure both goalies, it's happened to them few and far between, but on those two nights, their teammates have been able to do the job. Well, let's talk a little about this series here. Uh, uh, first of all, before we get into, I guess, handicapping the series, uh, well, what, what's the sense around UNH, you know, the anticipation, if any, for, for this series? I know that coming off of a series last week against your biggest rival in Maine and a big weekend coming up in a couple weeks against BC, you get these games against Merrimack that maybe in any other year would almost be overlooked, but that's not the case this year. No, it's definitely not the case. And I, I think reading the, the newspaper articles over the, over the week from, from the guys on the team that, you know, they're definitely not looking past Merrimack, there would be no reason for them to do so. Uh, and I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with Paul Thompson. Uh, you know, he's a kid out of Derry. You know, he, he's grown up in the, in the hockey East world, you know, watching, you know, UNH. Yeah, obviously, UNH, once he had a chance to come here, this is the one place he wanted to go. Uh, but, you know, he, he knows uh, what kind of battles it has taken uh, for Merrimack to get to the level they're at. And they know that this is a very talented team. Uh, you know, Thompson, as a Derry kid, you know, I'm sure he's known about Canada forever, you know, so, you know, a kid out of Wakefield. So, you know, these are, uh, uh, it's it's a huge weekend series for both these teams. I mean, both both teams with 17 wins on the year. Uh, you know, both teams, you know, highly ranked. And uh, it's uh, it's one of those nights where I would think that UNH has to be thinking, first and foremost, uh, all right, this is our home ice. Let's try to take advantage of our home ice because they know how tough it is to play down at, the, you know, the Lawler rink. And, uh, you know, uh, I think in the case for UNH, uh, better to have this game here tonight than be on the road tonight. Uh, uh, I think largely because of last weekend, coming off the big weekend series against Maine, you know, it's good to have a home ice game here tonight, I think. How do you see the matchup? I mean, both clubs are ranked nearly the same in the national rankings in offense and defense. You know, the goaltenders, the leading scorers, power play, and so on. I mean, the one difference that jumped out to me was penalty kill, where Merrimack's up in the you know number two in the country, and uh, and, and New Nation was down around 42 or something like that. I mean, that but that's about it, and that can be a factor or not be a factor on any given night. Yeah, it can, and I I think the one thing that kind of skews that number against UNH is just how few penalties UNH takes. Uh, you know, they're way at the bottom of the league as far as total number of penalties taken. So, so that actually works in their favor. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of chances against UNH. Right, and they've had some games, uh, you know, a game earlier this year against Michigan where they, you know, they gave up three goals on four power play chances. And last weekend, the first night against Maine, they gave up three power play goals to Nyquist on four power play chances. Although Nyquist was a minus three in the game, so it's a very strange scenario there. Um, but uh, UNH's power play is pretty good. Their penalty kill is, is generally, I think, a pr pretty good penalty kill. Um, but they have given up. Uh, the penalty kill percentage is, is definitely not a strong one. But as far as handicapping the two teams, uh, I think both these teams are you know, built for transition. And uh, you know, it, it opens up the game a little bit from time to time, which fans like to see. Um, but uh, when you have the speed and you have the skill, both these teams have. Uh, I don't expect we're going to see, you know, an 11-2 game, you know, or like we saw here at the Whittemore Center last week, we're not going to see a 6-3 and a 5-4 and a, and a game. Uh, but both teams are going to get their chances on those transition, and then those are the nights, those are the times the both goaltenders will be called on. So if I had to put you on the spot, what's going to, what, what do you say? What's the prediction for this weekend? I felt all along coming into this week that's probably a split on the weekend. Uh, I, I think UNH probably wins here. I think Merrimack wins there tomorrow night. Uh, uh, but I, I think, you know, both games are. We're not going to have a blowout here and a blowout there. I think they'll both be tight games. But uh, but I I I felt all along this is probably a split weekend. 
All right, thanks, Dan. Great to see you as always. Have a good broadcast tonight. We'll talk to you again. All right, Mike. Thanks so much. Uh, have fun tonight.